On this episode of the Friday Film Club, I speak to comedian Deliso Chaponda, who you probably recognise as the guy who shot to fame a few years ago on Britain's Got Talent. He has since had a massive tour around the UK and he's back with a new tour, Apocalypse Not Now. We're going to talk about all of that, plus all the films he loves and doesn't love. Uh, it's a great episode, really good chat, so check it out. And remember to follow us on social media as well, at the Friday Film Club, and leave us a review. So, Deliso, thank you so much for joining us. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it's it's great to have you on the show. I, I guess before we, we go into the questions, uh, tell us a bit about your tour because you've got a new show coming up, right? Yes, so I'm touring the UK with Apocalypse Not Now. This was a show written during lockdown. Started it at the beginning where I was terrified. This is the end of days. Our life will never be the same again amidst that panic and uncertainty and also the crushing loneliness. I tried to cheer myself up by doing a joke saying, no, this is not the end. There is still funny things going on and I'm still meant to make people laugh, even if it's on Zoom or in a car park somewhere with windows open. And it was just sort of my way to keep going. And I'm very happy with the show. I've done one so far and uh, I'm, I'm going to be touring it all next year. Yeah, that, that's great. And people can buy tickets now, I assume. Yes, they can. They just go to africancomedian.com. I bought it first before all the other African comedians <laughs> and they can please buy tickets. I mean, like, I, I, you know, the traditional logic is you're meant to pretend it's sold out so people still buy them, but it's far from sold out. In fact, the numbers are very shocking. And so please buy tickets. I know people are worried because of the pandemic. So all the comedians were having a hard time selling, but it feels so good to laugh again. So yeah, I, I think... guess you've got, you've got the added challenge now, right? Because people are so used to having everything sent to them um, via a screen in their home that, that getting yeah. people to just get dressed and come out and see you must be quite a challenge. It is quite a challenge. It is quite a challenge. But I mean, also theaters are being safe They've got, you know, the filtration systems and all sorts. So it is the time that you can go to public entertainment again. Yeah. Have, have you done much sort of virtually um, during lockdown? I did a lot. I had a show every day. I did a thing called the Corona Cast Comedy Show, and I streamed a 30-minute show every day for the first 200 days. Wow. And then I realized it's still going. I thought I was going to be doing it for a month, but after 200 <laughs> days, I was like, I need to stop and do something I'm actually paid for. So yeah. but it was, it kept me sane. It kept, gave me something to do, something to talk about. I, it started out being very, uh, very pandemic heavy. And then gradually, as I'd said everything there was to say, I started talking about other things. So it yeah. was just like, it was lovely. Yeah, um, well, I, obviously I can't wait to, to see the show myself in future. And obviously anyone listening, book tickets now. So what, what's it been like since in the few years since um, Britain's Got Talent? What it did was it didn't change my life. It just made it bigger. So I always used to be a comedian. I would do five shows a week, but I was doing them in little comedy clubs and little pubs. Now I'm doing same thing I used to do, but now it's on television. It's in big theaters. So it just sort of upgraded my life. And it's wonderful. It's been absolutely wonderful. It's been such a such a um a blessing uh in that yeah. um 
when I write jokes now, I know there's a big audience for it. And that's so great. Like uh, people won't be able to see because it's uh, the radio, but like if, I don't know if you can see that, but yeah. these are all the jokes I've been working on the last few days. And I write jokes now and I know there's an immediate audience for them. Do you, do you feel a bit more pressure though? Because now that you know, any joke you tell is gonna is gonna be heard by by a lot more people. Do you feel that pressure? That it's it's got to be really funny. Not really, because it's the one thing I'm very good at, right? <laughs> this isn't no, no. But this isn't arrogance. I think like you know, a surgeon doesn't go into an operation and think, oh, I'm so, I'm so I I don't know what I'm doing. It's like I am bad in romance. I am bad in doing financial stuff. I'm bad at organization, but I know how to tell jokes. Yeah. And I've got that confidence that jokes is the one place I've got nothing to worry about. I can make things funny. So now it's just a matter of choosing what to make funny. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, um, I've got to say, uh, it's uh, I've been obviously uh, binging some of your stuff. Uh, Thank you. Actually, the last thing I saw was your Royal Variety performance from oh that was so much fun yes yes yeah, yes the surreal royal variety with no one in the audience <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh, saw so it was just all the um all the screens instead of uh, people but yeah it must have been quite weird it was very weird especially because you can hear the laughter but we couldn't hear the laughter because it was like zoom if they ah. played us the laughter you would hear the feedback so we had to go from just their faces oh man that must have been so weird <laughs> So weird, but it still worked. It still worked. It was when I watched the resulting program, I was very happy. Yeah, it was a great set. And uh, yeah, I've got to say, every time I, I listen or, or watch some of your stuff, I am in stitches. Thank but, you. Um, thank you. Let's uh, let's jump into some of these questions. So as yes. as always, um, every one of my guests gets the same six questions, and uh, let's let's find out what your answers are. So uh, number one, uh, yeah, let's go straight in. What is your favorite film? My favorite film is Life is Beautiful, written and directed by Roberto Benini, that wonderful person who, when he won the Oscar, jumped from chair to chair and on the stage talked about how he wants to make love to everybody. <laughs> the fact that it was made by this effusive maniac of a cartoon character makes it even better. If you are not aware of it, it's a, it's a comedy movie, but it's set in a concentration camp and it makes humor out of the most depressing situation and it inspired me uh, i loved it but it also made me change what i do with comedy because i realized you can talk about anything and uh it's just so beautiful fantastic yeah it's it's a great film and i i, I do love how excitable uh, roberto benini is he's like I, th I feel like he could he could turn absolutely any scenario into something kind of slightly oddly comedic um in the way that only he can do you know I feel like there are a few of these people who had to be comedians. I think Roberto Benigni, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, rest in peace. There are a few people who are just like, you are uber clowns, right? <laughs> and literally you are just, laughter is vomiting out of you every second. And I think he's one of those ones. You watch an interview or anything, you're just like, he's just funny, it's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, he's 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 got just got a really infectious personality, and that really comes through in his films, particularly something like uh, Life Is Beautiful. Uh, it's it, it's a great film, and also I've got to say the uh, the first foreign language uh, film in uh, from any of my guests so far. So uh, yeah. oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I absolutely love it, and anyone listening who has not watched it, 
you will not regret it. Don't be afraid because of the heavy subject matter. It's funny. It's just hilarious. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's not often that you hear a comedy in concentration camp in the same um, synopsis, but uh, th there you yes. go. Yes. You can do it. You can do it if you're talented enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I imagine you, you're probably quite um, uh, inclined to watch uh, a fair bit of comedy films. Uh, so, so have you got any real favorites beyond sort of Life is Beautiful? Um, yes. Um, I love being John Malkovich. I, I think that qualifies as comedy. That's very funny, very impressive. Uh, I like well, a lot of weird, funny things like that. Uh, there was one which was not, it was with... The guy in Anchorman, what's the name of that actor? Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. It was in Will Ferrell, and he starts hearing a voice. I've, I've forgotten the name of it. And someone listening will be yelling the name out, but he starts hearing the voice of the narrator just oh, talking yeah. about his life. And I loved it. Absolutely loved that. So that's another one I, I really loved. So I like a lot. I like Bridesmaids. I I like everything from... I like Zelig. Zelig was one of the cleverest... Uh, scripts I've ever uh, watched. So I, I, I love a lot of comedy. And also if we're going for classics, Dr. Strangelove cannot be touched. Of course, of course, <laughs> Absolutely yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was um, that was Kubrick, wasn't it? Dr. Yes, Strangelove? it was Kubrick being yeah. funny for once. <laughs> Usually his stuff is very ponderous or depressing. And who knew he had comedy in him? It was amazing. Amazing. I, I, I think that was all of his comedy gone in one film. He just put it, it was... all in one go. And it was exquisite <laughs> with Peter Sellers, who was so funny. Yeah, that, that was a yeah, great film. And that, I guess, brings us on to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, what is your least favorite film? I, was, I love movies most of the time, and I don't necessarily like bashing movies. So I was trying to think, how, what is my least favorite film? And then I realized that my, the thing which upsets me is when potential is ruined, mm. right? So the source material is glorious, and then the movie which comes out is such a letdown. And the biggest version I could think of that was actually Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yes. Because the source material is magnificent, <laughs> and the movie is just okay. It's not atrocious. So I'm not saying it's like The Room, but it is just because it could have been so good, it's so disappointing. Yeah, I am so happy that you said that, because by a clear mile, The Last Airbender is my absolute least favorite film. Um, there's, there's very few films I've sort of walked out of the cinema um, uh, on and, and, that, have that you, and had you watched the cartoon? No, I hadn't, and now I'm really put off doing so because of the no. Film. The cartoon is exquisite. The cartoon is brilliant. But this is the whole point: is it's like a series, and mm. they try to squash an entire series of like 20 episodes or something into a little movie, chopping everything. Yeah. Oh, so disappointing! So disappointing. Yeah, I, I, it makes me so happy that you share my my disappointment in that film. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> But I, I have, a, I think, a wider issue anyway with uh, M. Night Shyamalan, who I, I believe oh, he directed but, that, didn't he? Yes, but I actually think I like M. Night Shyamalan when he's writing the script, him, when it's his story, right? Mm. I loved Split. I loved Sixth Sense. I loved Unbreakable. I loved um, the most recent of the superhero ones. I've loved more of his ones than I didn't love. So I do love, like, most of his stuff. There are a few ones which aren't so good but i've written some bad jokes in my life i cannot judge but like the ones which are great really hit yeah. i think did you see split split is wonderful 
Yeah, I like Split. I do like that, and I agree. I think you know, so when he when he gets it right, it's really good. But yeah. I feel like his his whole thing is he just builds everything around a big twist at the end. And sometimes I just want him to make a good film, start to end. I think he used to do that, and now the last three are not so much about the twist. Um, yeah. The the visitor, the one with the old people. I don't know if yeah, it's called yeah. the visitor. Yeah, but he's good. He's good. But all I'm saying is. He should be scaring us, not making little kids shoot fireballs at each other. <laughs> I think that's, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And uh, yeah, I agree with you 100% about The Last Airbender. Uh, so yes, I, I, won't, I won't accept any challenge from anyone on that. That's, a, that's the correct answer. So which film or TV character do you most relate to? This one is admitting quite a lot. I've thought about this and I actually would say Salieri in Amadeus. Now, if you're not uh, are familiar with this, in the movie Amadeus and in the stage play Amadeus, Amadeus, of course, is Mozart, a genius. And there's another composer called Salieri who envies him and um, is frustrated by how this idiotic fop produces this genius music. And I've got to admit that I've always been more of the workhorse comedian than that natural genius. And I feel Salieri all the time, all the time. And I have met a few Mozarts. I'll tell you a few of the Mozarts I met, like Trevor Noah. I did a month of shows with him in yep. South Africa. And I literally felt like that. I was like, I write jokes for six hours a day and you just make it up on the spot. And it's genius. I cannot stand this. And also like when I work with uh, just there are few people like Eddie Izzard was another one where it's just it just comes out of these people. They don't need yeah. to sit there and and I'm very much I'm I any talent I seem to have is because of sitting down and working as opposed to just being naturally talented. So I very <laughs> much sympathize with Salieri, the villain of Amadeus. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great choice, a great choice. Um, and I, I guess here's a, a bit of a side question. Uh, you've obviously reeled off a few comedians uh, who you have worked with. If, yes. if you could work with anyone that you haven't, um, dead or alive, who would oh, it be? If dead or alive, it would be Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Really? Great yes. choice. She's so fantastic, so fearless, and such a force of nature. And she was also doing Crossing the Lines long before it was allowed. I mean, she was controversial when comedians would be locked up for being controversial. Absolutely <laughs> astonishing career and just some of the best jokes. I think it would be Joan Rivers and uh, Eddie Murphy of The Ones Living. Eddie Murphy and Joan Rivers, I think, would be the two. Great choice. I mean, Eddie Murphy has, has kind of stepped a little bit into the shadows recently. He had the sequel to uh, like, Coming to America, didn't he? But, uh, he and he did. An and lot. he did Dolomite. He did Dolomite. He's, of course, he's, yeah. he's all Oh, he's always there. He's always there. Oh. And Netflix have just given him a giant wad of cash to come back to stand up. And I don't care what I have to, what limb I have to sell, but <laughs> if I can be in the audience when he's recording it, I am going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a huge event. Huge. Yeah. Can't wait for that. I will um, fly across the world. I don't care because uh, <laughs> I've been waiting for this since Raw. Yeah, I think he's one of those, isn't he? Even if you're not a huge fan of his films, uh, as as a comedian, he's absolutely superb. His astonishing, astonishing, brilliant. Yeah, so, and also uh, one of the few people who can have a conversation with seven versions of himself in a movie. 
like the clumps. It's absolutely, there's a scene where he is playing every single person seated around the table. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's, that's something only Eddie Murphy could do, without a doubt. Uh, I think yes. Adam Sandler has tried, but, but it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> have you actually, have you had any, any shows or just any particular jokes that you remember just absolutely bombing and that you just wish you could turn back oh. time? No, it happens a lot. It happens a lot in that you have to be willing to have something bomb in order to get to the good joke. In fact, what sometimes happens is it bombs and then you rewrite it and that's how you find the good version, right? And one of my favorite jokes, which I do, bombed horribly in the first version of it. And that told me that it needed a change. And then uh, I fixed it. Yeah, I mean, so, so how long are you going through that process of like testing out material, refining the jokes? So it depends if it's something I really am passionate about. If I come up with a silly pun, right, or a silly joke, which is like an observational joke about people drinking and it doesn't work, I bin it. But let's say I'm trying to talk about, like, for example, right now, there are people who go online and they say, like, right wing stuff for you don't even necessarily think they believe it, but they want the notoriety and they want the retweets. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to talk about these people who I have more of a problem with them than people who actually believe the stuff. <laughs> right. Because yeah, if they yeah. actually believe it, you're like, OK, I disagree with you, but you believe it. But some of them I'm like, you don't even believe this stuff, <laughs> but you just want the tweets. And I've tried a version about it that kind of worked kind of didn't work and I'm going to keep rewriting it because I want to talk about it. So it depends how much it's something I really want to talk about. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And what's, what's been your favorite tour today? Have you, have you, have you got one yes, that just really stands yes. out? So, so my favorite tour was the one just after Britain's Got Talent, which was what the African said. And it is, of course, that this was my first real big tour. I'd done little tours where it's like me in a room with 80 people. But this was the first time I was like, I had 2,000 people. I had people excited to see me. I had little kids coming into the show. I actually had to change the show and put all the clean stuff in the first half and the dirty stuff in the second half because so many kids came. I had to give them an exit point. But it was amazing. And I was like, this is what I want to just keep doing forever. I mean, like I'm doing my tour now and it's so stressful, but I'm not going to give up, even if we have bad sales, because I've realized this is what I want to be doing. Just tour it, write a new show, tour it, write a new show, tour it, repeat. Yeah. Did, did you ever have a, a moment in your career when you when you did think, like, is am I going to get that big break? Is it worth it? I have had multiple almost quit moments because, yeah. you know, I, I was good at maths and stuff like so I, I was studying computer programming. So there was very much in the early years, a refrain from my family and somewhere from my head that it's not too late. It's not too late. You can still have a nice career. But I love comedy. I love fiction and I love writing so much that I knew I'd be miserable. So I, I just chose this route. Yeah, well, I'm sure a lot of people out there will, will be uh, very thankful that you did. And on the, on the subject of your career and your life, uh, let's talk about your, your biopic. If, if there was to yes. be a, a, a Deliso Chaponda life story on the big screen, uh, what genre would it be and who would play you? I think it would be comedy, thankfully. It would be a comedy of errors. That's the kind of thing because I often find myself in ridiculous situations because, you know, a lot of people have red flags which stop them from going into bad relationships or entering a dangerous looking club. 
Yeah. I ignore red flags and <laughs> hilarity ensues. So that's the genre it would be. Comedy, but specifically that easily avoidable comedy where you just walked into unnecessary drama. <laughs> and so would there be any particular moment? You know, like in Bridesmaids, there's that scene where they're all trying on the dresses and, you know, they get food poisoning. What would be the, the scene that everyone talks about? I actually about? think it would be a romantic comedy and one scene would be me on a date with someone who keeps telling me things which would make everybody else walk out and I'm like, okay, okay, I, I guess I guess maybe we could find love. And she's like, you know, uh, I believe in witches and I believe in, 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 in like, you know, the, the Illuminati. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. And she's talking about, and I, I have an ex who has a gun who stalks me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And I just ignore all of the rest. And like in the, in the drama, you'd have to have like someone telling me, dude, I think it's time to go. And I'll be like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Dude, I think, I think maybe not. And like, yeah, no, no, it's fine. And then and by the end of the, sh the movie, there would be a gunman on me and I've got this crazy person talking about aliens and yes. So that is what it would be. It would be some of the relationships where I have stayed in it, despite all the warnings to be to the other side. Yes. And that particular scene is that that's dramatized, I hope. I, yes, I, I think it would be drama set. It would be drama. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It sort of happened. It sort of happened. Oh. Not not that he showed up with a gun, but that he he said, sent threatening messages. But what you would do in, in drama is you would have him. A lot of people talk a lot of nonsense online, but don't follow up, right? Yeah. But when you turn it into the movie version, everybody follows up on their little <laughs> online threats. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And um, who would play you? I now, of course, we'd have to have a time traveling machine because this actor is actually older than me, but he would play the young me, Chris Tucker. I know Chris Tucker, who was in Russia. I always felt we've yeah. got a kind of similar energy and kind of like, uh, especially on stage, that kind of high pitched, very crazy kind of energy. So someone yeah. like Chris Tucker. Yeah, Chris Tucker's great, and uh, I, I feel like, though, uh, he's he's a guy who, kind of like Paul Rudd, you know, I think 20 years ago, he looks pretty much the same as he does today. Yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah very much. Yeah. He's got the secret. I wish I had that secret. <laughs> I definitely don't look like 20-year-old me, but they made some deal with somebody. <laughs> yeah, and also, I assume, uh, if you have Chris Tucker, uh, you'll probably have to have a character that Jackie Chan can play. Yes, of course, we can throw in Jackie Chan. Like very early on in my career, I opened for a, a comedian. Now, it doesn't fit Jackie Chan, but Jackie Chan could play that role. Just just he was my mentor comedian. Let's make it that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. We'll make it happen. Throw I mean, in a Tucker's... few fights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a bit of martial arts in there for good measure. Um... Oh, I'll tell you something interesting, which you can cut out if it's inappropriate, but I'll tell you something really interesting. If you look at the structure, if you're into film structure and you look at the structure of martial arts movies, musicals and pornographic movies, it's exactly the same because all of their plots are just engineering excuses for the next big fight, the next song number or the next sex scene. And it's absolutely astonishing once you realize this, because I remember uh, a professor 
at uni telling me this. And I was like, this is nonsense. And then we did it and we were like, this is so true. <laughs> I can't wait to find the essay on that. That's, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. So moving on to the next question, uh, what, what is yes. your most nostalgic film? Most nostalgic film, I think, because it is a movie about nostalgia as well, is Forrest Gump. So it's yes. two levels. The first one is it's nostalgic because I loved it when it came out. I remember watching it and I have that nostalgia, but also it is about a character going through important moments in history. And it's all about nostalgia for those moments as well. Even the ones which I wasn't alive for, I still encountered a lot in media, like the Vietnam War. So it just mm. tracks all kind of nostalgia. That's one. It's just a, a blanket of a movie. Very yes. much so. I love Forrest Gump and uh, Tom Hanks in that is just absolute perfection. Um, it was so like wonderful. the height of his so career. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I, loved, I loved the film. There's, there's very little I don't like about the film. I'll tell um, you what's interesting though is I watched it when I was very young and it's funny yeah. how I didn't understand a lot of what was going on with Jenny <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. You're just sort of like, oh, that's Forrest's girlfriend. And then when you watch it as an adult, you're like, this is a crazy relationship. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, I had the exact same experience because I think a lot of people watch it when they're probably a bit younger. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's there's so much like subtext in there that you don't so get. So much subtext going on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's it's great. And it is, it is a family film um, because they do keep all of that stuff kind of you don't really there. know. They don't mention what disease she yeah. has. A lot of it's just stuff that the adults will figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely love that choice of Forrest Gump. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on, on sort of Tom Hanks generally? Because I've had this conversation with one of my. Oh, Tom friends. Hanks is fantastic. I, I'm not QAnon. I don't believe he's <laughs> he's evil. No, Tom Hanks is wonderful. He's also one of those dependable people. Like they recently did one about Mr. Rogers. Right, mm. uh, a movie about Mr. Rogers, and only Tom Hanks can do that because he's got that same loved by people just because he, he exudes pos positivity. It's a weird yeah. when he plays a villain because he's just got this kind of uh, this grace where you trust him and he's um, wonderful. Yeah, I can't, I can't handle Tom Hanks in any kind of villain role, not at all. Yeah, he's, he's got to be noble. You want him to be mm. sully or you want him to be like just noble, Philadelphia and things like that. He's that kind of, he's got that nobility, um, like Denzel Washington is another person who's got this mm. kind of like nobility and decency about them. Yes, absolutely. And Morgan Freeman as well. Like, he's just like the yes. granddad, isn't he, in any film? He's like, wonderful. He's... he's wonderful. Like you want your life to be voiced over by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> in fact, you know that biopic of Deliso where yeah. Chris Tucker is playing me, the voiceover is Morgan Freeman, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Okay, so there's one more question. Uh, which oh, I will tends... just say for your listeners that yeah. everybody thinks of... Um, Shawshank Redemption, when they think of the uh, Morgan Freeman role, but the one which you really want to watch is The Power of One. He was in The Power of One, which is a South African, uh, a movie about South African anti-apartheid stuff. And mm. that is the quintessential, astonishing Morgan Freeman voiceover. Amazing movie. Interesting. Great recommendation. I'll, I'll put a link to, to that somewhere in the, in the show notes. Somewhere, and, somewhere, yeah. somewhere. Which brings us on to our last question. 
uh, Final question. To Let's do it. Get a lot of people talking, and it is uh, what is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure, and this is is I like trashy romantic comedies, right? I like now there's some exquisite romantic comedies, but I love the ones where it's entirely predictable. It's mm -hmm. two friends who hate each other's guts and then fall in love, right? It, it's 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 the when Harry met Sally. That's probably the the non-trashy version because it's the one which spawned a million clones, right? Yeah. Then all of the clones of When Harry Met Sally, and this is everything from animal attraction to um, <laughs> what's this, to sleeping with other people, to the ones where I know the story before it starts. Yeah. They yeah. meet, they hate each other, and over the years we watch them. I love it. I love it. It's my comfort food, and I'm meant to be all masculine and like, you know, <laughs> gangster movies and stuff like that and i'll tell you why it's my guilty pleasure literally i have in um i had a netflix right and it had mm -hmm. I, I gave someone my password because they want they couldn't afford it right and i literally spent a day clicking on other things to push my guilty pleasure away from <laughs> the recently watched so they wouldn't know that these were the last things i was watching <laughs> yeah i do you know what i am a sucker for uh, for rom-coms as well and do you know between me and my wife it's usually me who's pushing for the rom-com she's all about horror and i'm like no let's get like uh, on again and very so much so and what i also like is when you're watching a tv series with a long will they won't they yeah. And I always love the when they do episode, you know, if it's yeah. like bones and you've worked in six years of crime and they finally hook up. And I'm like, wow, I'm such a, a teenage girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's something about it. it never fails, does it? It never fails. If they do a different ending, it actually irritates me. Like my yeah. best friend's wedding has that format. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't end. It doesn't end with them getting together. And I remember getting very upset. <laughs> I was like, you cheated me. You made me think I was watching one kind of movie and it was another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're prepared for the happy payoff. So it's very disappointing when they don't deliver. Yeah. I guess before we wrap up, uh, let's, let's talk quickly about your tour again. So it's called Apocalypse Not Now, right? Apocalypse Not Now. Uh, it's going around the UK all through end of 2021 and half of 2022. Um, it's all just a zany, absurd jokes about, uh, not just about the pandemic, about loneliness, about trying to figure out what you should do with your life, all these sort of things which I was struggling with over the last while. And it's got some pretty ridiculous jokes. I've got a joke, well, essentially I've got a joke where I have a prayer off with somebody, where I start praying and they start praying and we each are trying to outdo each other. So I start whipping myself and they start going up and down. It's really insane. So as I was saying with Life is Beautiful, just because sometimes this serious undertones doesn't mean you don't go to the craziest possible place. And that's my yeah. skill is that my jokes go to bizarre places. <laughs> yeah, I even sometimes amazing. write that and I'm like, is that too much? Then I do it on stage and people laugh and I'm like, yeah, I guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and then, oh, you know, I was thinking about uh, apocalypse films uh, because of the, yes. the title of your tour. And yes. there's there's an age old question, uh, which is, do you prefer Deep Impact or Armageddon? Deep Impact, hundred percent Deep Impact. I, I knew I knew you had your head screwed on. That's the correct <laughs> answer. No, because I think again, Armageddon is the action movie version 
Deep Impact is the dramatic, this is probably what it would be like version. But better than both of those, the best end of the world movie is Perfect Sense. I don't know if you've watched Perfect Sense. It's a very interesting premise in that it's not a comet coming to us. It's a weird disease where people start losing their senses once, one by one, right? So first people lose their taste, then they lose their smell, then they lose their hearing, then they lose their... And then eventually everybody's lost all their senses. And in the middle of this horrible thing happening, there's a love story between Eva Green and Ewan McGregor, and it's astonishing. That's very interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. What's it called? In fact, I uh, perfect sense. And I actually have a theory, right? Yep. And I, I, any movie where the world actually ends, right? Not the ones where they stop it happening, but every single movie except Time Bandits, where the world actually ends, it's a love story. Do you know what? I, I agree with you. I, I think you're right on that because- Looking the, the, for someone for the end of the world. Every yes. time I think of them, it's two people finding each other as the world is coming to an ending. Yes, and I, I was just about to mention that film because I feel like it's so underrated. Yeah. I love that So one. good, so yeah. very good. Yeah. And I think it's because if you are writing the end of the world, there's got to be some hope. Why are we watching it? It can't be nihilistic. So it's usually a love story. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. It, it is. It is. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to try and think of an exception to that rule. But no, I think yes, time bandits is time bandits is an exception, but that's because it's a gag. Yeah. Okay, oh, I'm gonna I thought of gonna... another one. I thought of another one. Oh, um, okay. Cabin in the Woods. Again, it's a gag. So either it's a joke or it's a love story. Would you consider Cabin in the Woods an apocalypse film? What happens at the end? It, am I forgetting something? I didn't think that there was like a big apocalypse. At the end of it, well, I, we're spoiling it for people, but at the end of it, the ancient gods who are going to eat the world are summoned. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, I love that film. It's so clever. So clever. But again, mm. it's sort of a, it's sort of done in a joking way. So I'm like, if we're playing it straight and the world is ending, what kind of story are you telling? It's usually yeah. a love story. Yeah, yeah, you've got to have the balance, haven't you? You've got to have yeah. the balance. Yeah. But uh, yeah, okay, so uh, Apocalypse Not Now is your tour. So buy tickets for that, anyone who's listening. Uh, it's available now until Please 2022. Please do! <laughs> and uh, I guess if, if anyone's listening uh, beyond 2022, then hopefully there'll be a DVD or, or uh, somewhere to stream it. Yes, there will be, there will be. And also, people, if they think of Apocalypse movies, which aren't a big joke or a love story, they need to tweet them. Tweet them to us. Let us know. Let us know that we've missed a few. Absolutely, yes. And uh, before we let you go, how can people tweet you and get in touch? I'm at Deliso Chaponda, at D-A-L-I-S-O-C-H-A-P-O-N-D-A. -S 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 -A. I know it's hard to spell, <laughs> but like, again, if you put an African comedian or Malawian comedian, I will always pop up in the top three <laughs> who are mentioned. Wonderful. Well, it has been great having you on the show, Deliso. Thank you so much. It's been much. a delight. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week of the Friday Film Club. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can rate and review us on all good podcast platforms. Also, uh, do reach out to us on social media at the Fry Film Club on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to be a guest in a future episode, do drop us a message on social media or email liam at hefcorp.com. Thanks for listening.
Thanks so much for listening to the first season of the Friday Film Club. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we are busy planning for season two, and that's going to be coming early next year. So do keep your ears out for that. We're lining up some great guests. And uh, of course, if you've got any feedback, do let us know. Uh, we want you to enjoy what you hear. Um, and also uh, remember before season two starts to tell everyone about the show. Follow us on social at the Fry Film Club and leave a review and a rating uh, so others can find us as well. Uh, that would be great. Enjoy your Christmas and your new year and we will see you on the other side.